0: Hi, I'm Callie. And I'm Rachel. And we are Pelvic Service Announcement.
1: Back at it again with another series
0: for you. We haven't done a series in a while. It's been a long time. And I am glad... We've briefly mentioned this topic, but this topic needs a ton of time dedicated to it, dang. because I think this is one of the most misunderstood, misconstrued ideas in women's health. So we're going to be talking about C-section delivery or cesarean section deliveries, because a lot of, I, I pro, we probably get this question in some form or fashion at least once a week, if not multiple times oh, a week, yeah. of... I've had a C-section. Do I still need pelvic floor therapy? Mm -hmm. I know someone who's had a Mm C-section. Do they need therapy? Why why would you need mm -hmm. therapy? What what can happen with a C-section? And it's like, let me tell you. Oh, so many things. So so many many things. things. So, without any further ado, I wanted to talk a little bit about just, we we talked about this in the surgical episode, but like, Mm -hmm. C-section is a major surgery. They cut through five layers. Five. They cut through the skin, then the fatty tissue, then the rectus abdominis or that abdominal sheath, and then two layers of peritoneum. So the peritoneum is the membranous lining of the cavity of the abdomen and then into the uterus. That's so much cutting. Yeah, that's so
1: much, and so, and one of the things that I think that they always say is that like, well, we don't actually cut the abdominal muscles. We don't cut into the core. No,
0: they just rip it. They just separate they it. They just rip like it a apart. Yeah. So, step number one.
1: Yes, you still need
0: therapy. <laughs> well, if that, <laughs> like, if that doesn't answer yeah.
1: answer those questions, meet like right off the top, right off the bat, like yes just because those muscles weren't cut does not mean that they weren't damaged doesn't mean that they weren't affected in any way by the nine months you just spent carrying a child like there's a lot and there's so much blood flow that goes through these layers as well which i thought was like really crazy um there is Uh, Blood flow through these arteries, especially into the uterus, is eight times faster during pregnancy with a unilateral flow. So going one direction of 300 milliliters per minute at 36 weeks. So there is a lot of blood flow and a lot of not to get like super anatomical and technical, but like anastomoses in mm-hmm. this area where it's just like that convergence of blood flow. So th- like, this is a major surgery. This is a big deal.
0: And we see like the thing I try to explain to people, it's like, if you need pelvic floor therapy while you're pregnant, like just because you have a C-section and you didn't pass the baby through the vaginal canal You still carried that baby for nine months, like any other pregnancy. The only difference is instead of some perennial tearing and some maybe pelvic floor muscle stretching, you had major surgery. Yeah. That's the diff I mean You still thing? had nine months of stress on the pelvic floor, of stretching of the abdominal muscles, but then your muscles were cut through. Where someone else who had a vaginal delivery, maybe they had some perennial tearing and pelvic floor muscles had a little bit of tearing or a little more trauma. But we still see some of the same problems. Some of the problems are different. Yep. But I would argue I would argue that everyone who has a C-section needs to be in here while maybe not everyone who has a vaginal delivery would need to be here. But if you told me, like, you have to pick either everyone that gets a C-section has to come or everyone that has a vaginal delivery has to come. You can pick one. I would pick the C-section because it's a major surgery. Yep. And I would argue that C-section moms need inpatient or hospital physical therapy, which we've talked about a little bit because Rachel saw that study. Yep.
1: Yep. And I did a, it was just kind of like a weekend couple hour webinar on how physical therapists, and it's actually really cool because there was a couple of PTs that were in more of a rural setting. And if you know medicine and you know, rural medicine, you have, you got to make do with what you've got. And it's hard to get, um, it's, it's hard to get things done in, in rural medicine just because the resources aren't always there, the people aren't always there. And so these PTs were fighting for inpatient physical therapy with these, with these moms that had just had C-sections, they were like, you are giving us orders for, you know, for PT, for people that had gastric sleeves or bowel obstruction removal. heart surgeries. Or heart surgeries and like all of these other abdominal invasive procedures, why are we not doing this to our C-section moms? And you're just expecting them to just get up and pop out and okay, away we go. You're giving them an eight pound lifting restriction with their 10 pound baby plus a two pound car seat, three pound car seat, plus a diaper bag and not teaching them how to lift, not teaching them how to how to engage their core or anything like that. And they were saying, you know, a lot of them, a lot of their co-workers had been like, well, we don't know pelvic floor. We don't like, we don't know the pelvic floor PT. We don't know what that looks like. And they're like, this is, this is nothing to do. You're We're not doing anything. We're not touching the pelvic floor. You're working with their abdomen the same way that you would somebody that just had a bowel obstruction removed and th- things like that. And so it's like, there is this greater push for that inpatient care. Um, and, you know, a lot of them were saying, you know, especially during COVID, like, those and you know moms that tested positive, they had to be separated from their babies, and so that was part of their therapy. Was okay, let's get up and walk, and we're gonna go see your baby. Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna we're gonna walk down, we're gonna walk down the hallway. And, you know, we'll we'll take a look through at the baby through the nursery and everything like that. And so, just finding those movement mechanics right out of the gate can be so beneficial to that recovery process later on down the road. And then when they when that mom does potentially go to public floor PT. They can be like, oh, yeah, like I had a little bit of PT in the hospital. I know this. They taught me how to engage here. Great. Let's go. Let's build on that. Now that we're a couple of weeks after that surgery, let's look at that. Let's build upon that.
0: I found a really neat article kind of talking about this whole idea of pelvic floor post delivery like vaginal versus c-section delivery the article was by alistair h et al and it was titled the prevalence of pelvic floor disorders and their relationship to gender age party and the mode of delivery beautiful and this quote said cesarean delivery is not associated with a significant reduction in long-term pelvic floor morbidity morbidity compared with spontaneous vaginal delivery So that's a lot of like knots. And basically what that said is this whole idea of, oh, well, I had a C-section. It means my pelvic floor is going to be fine now is not true. No, There was not a reduction in pelvic floor dysfunction when there was a C-section delivery. Because if you think about it, you still carry that baby for nine months. All the hormones we talked about, that relaxing that's making everything stretchy, loosey-goosey, which is great, prepping the body for birth, that is still present. And so, like I said, the only difference is on top of it, you've had a major surgery. And so, yes, the question, the answer to the question we talked about is yes. If you <laughs> yes. have a infection, <laughs> <answer is> yes. <laughs> you can benefit from pelvic floor physical therapy, especially if you're having problems, back pain, scar pain, core yeah. weakness, incontinence. And for some reason, if, uh, if they didn't have incontinence, weren't during pregnancy, I don't see incontinence as much Mm -hmm. with a C-section, but I see a ton of back pain or Mm -hmm. pelvic pain or whatever, abdominal pain, decreased core activation. You can still have diastasis recti, Mm -hmm. all of these things. And so it is still extremely, extremely important to have pelvic floor physical therapy. If you're having any of these problems, even if you had a C-section delivery. So just some things to consider with pregnancy. Regardless of delivery, you've you're gonna have a pretty significant amount of weight gain, which is normal. You're growing a human. You've got more fluids. You've got all these other things going on. Plus, that laxity that we talked about, and all of that is gonna affect the pelvic floor muscle function, which we've talked about before. And then, like I said, you get that core disruption, whether or not it's cut. You also can have scar tissue Mm -hmm. following a C-section. So all of those things can be managed with pelvic floor physical therapy. We can yep. help you learn how to reconnect with the core, which we're gonna talk about more as we move through this little series.
1: Yeah. And it's I think it's it's something that we kind of gloss over and I remember reading uh, Verity by Colleen Hoover and part of like one of the characters, she was like, I'm not going to ruin my body. I'm going to have a C-section. And I was just just sitting there. I was like, "Mm, actually, actually, that's not how this works. Not how this works. A little bit about C-sections just in general. They've been around for freaking ever. The first documented C section was in 1020 AD.
0: 1020. Was it successful? No. Okay.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Not, a, not at all. <laughs> um, the first successful procedure in which both mom and baby survived is thought to have occurred in the year 1500 in Switzerland when. And this, like, they got into detail and I had to, like, I went down, like, a rabbit trail of, like, trying to find out who this man was and who this, anyway, um, it is thought to have been, it occurred in 1500 in Switzerland when a sow gelder performed the operation on his wife. Um, she had been laboring for several days at that point and had had help from thirteen midwives and this baby was still not coming out and so he had to get like special permission to do this procedure i think it sounded like he did it, not like one of the midwives and so I don't know if he had experience
0: in this from working with <laughs>
1: working with the sows or what
0: but okay, so that was my question was like he like did things on, was it sow like pig or were you saying that was his name? Yeah,
1: no, like that's, that's that was what, his job. That was his job. Yeah. Okay. was a sow gelder. He was um, like,
0: oh. no, I don't really know what that
1: is. Um, okay. One that spays sows.
0: Which is interesting, interesting because pig anatomy and human ad- anatomy it's are actually, actually popular, similar. Which Do not go tell your pregnant wife that. You're <laughs> no, don't man. you dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> hey, honey. Did you know? Don't tell. If you're any kind of man listening, do not tell your significant other that her anatomy is Is similar similar to a a pig. pig. Don't do it. It's It's not going to go over well. Um, But yeah, so she
1: had been laboring for several days, 13 midwives, and they decided to go ahead and do this. Mom and baby survived. Um, She later went on to have five more babies vaginally, um, including a set of twins. And the baby that was delivered via C-section lived to be 77. Wow. Yeah. Which I feel
0: like is old for the 1500s.
1: Yeah. And so granted, this story wasn't recorded until sometime later after the fact. So historians are a little... I don't know. A little iffy about the truth to that story and everything else. Um, But yeah ju- all that just to say c sections have been per- being have been performed for a very 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 long time um the rate of C-sections is up to about 31, 32%-ish. Um, there are some efforts to reduce the rate of C-sections. Um, and I think it's kind of been one of those things, you know, for a while it was just kind of like, a, oh, well, you had one, so we're just going to do it again. Uh, now we're seeing a lot of vaginal births after C-section or VBACs, VBAC deliveries. Um And it is actually the most common surgery performed in the United States. It is the most common surgery performed with over a million women um, delivering via C-section every year.
0: Do you have numbers on our C-section rate versus like Australia or Switzerland or somewhere like that? I meant to look that up and I didn't. That's on me. We because, always
1: compare to Australia because I swear they are just yeah, on top yeah. of it.
0: Let's see. And I just always yeah. like to I just always think it's interesting like what the rates are country to country. Okay.
1: The United States, like I said, is about 32%. That's kind of like mm, in the middle. Um Let's see it's higher actually it's the highest in the Dominican Republic interest with a 56.4% whoa rate of c
0: sections i wonder if that's like reported like hospital births. I wonder if there's like what the, I don't know. That's interesting. Mm Australia is at 33. Okay.
1: Um, The lowest is New Zealand at 25.9%. Also in that range is the Czech Republic at 26, the United Kingdom at 26.2, Canada at 26.3, Ireland. Um, So we're looking 25 and up. is is usually what we're looking at so it's
0: pretty consistent Mm -hmm. worldwide minus the dominican republic whatever's going on there
1: i feel like there's got to be something skewing that but i don't know for sure for sure um and so this is this is actually really interesting this article it's called it's uh bellybelly.com it's actually an Australian-based <laughs> website, um, but they—it's this website is basically talking about how C-section rates are continuing to rise, and why that might be happening. And, you know, there's a couple of reasons that they give are you know medical-led view of pregnancy and birth leading to higher rates of interventions, fear of birth and of labor pain, fear of medical litigation. Belief C-section prevents trauma and damage to the pelvic floor. Hmm. the belief that c-section is less traumatic to the baby convenience to care provider and mother low tolerance of anything less than the perfect birth outcome um, and cultural considerations consider like such as a birth date being lucky um, or something like that or wanting a specific day of delivery Um, and so c-section again it is a major surgery and so this can cause a lot of complications for mom especially for future pregnancies and deliveries. Um and one thing that is pretty consistent there's you know a lot of different reasons why a C-section would be indicated and whether that is you know from the you know more maternal indications where it's you know maybe some previous perineal trauma or um pelvic reconstructive surgery, some sort of disease, like a cardiopulmonary disease, um, maybe some sort of pathology even or is it more related to the fetus is you know are they just really really big um do they have some sort of congenital anomaly and are expecting you know to have to go into surgery right away um maybe something about their their fetal status is not great maybe their heart rates dropping umbilical cord prolapse some of those things that can be um kind of what what we see is that you know okay is this going to be more maternal related or more fetal related and those things can impact delivery in the future. And so if it's more maternal related, if it was, you know, if it was something like a reconstructive surgery or the mom has cardiopulmonary disease or, you know, something like that, it is likely that they will continue to have C-section deliveries if that cause is more maternal related. If it's fetal related, if it's just that baby Yeah, absolutely. Having a a VBAC can definitely be a little bit more likely um, just because it's a different baby. It's a different baby, different placenta, different umbilical cord, different things um, that can help to kind of increase their chances of having a successful VBAC. Very, very interesting. it's cool. And there's no contraindications to a C section either, which I, I think is is kind of interesting because we always look at you know when it comes to interventions, okay, what are the indications? What are the precautions and what are the contraindications? So indications, you know, what are the things that are going to cue us into yes, this is a great intervention. Precautions, what are things that we have to maybe kind of worry about, maybe like our little yellow flags. And then contraindications are like completely red flag, nope, absolutely not, hard stop. And there's no true medical contraindications to a C-section. I thought was kind of interesting. So, um, you know, definitely an option. Like if If, you know, the life of the mother of the baby is on the line, yeah, we definitely want to make sure that we are getting that baby out and doing what we need to do um, using all the right equipment and everything like that. Obviously, it's going to be contraindicated if the if the if the mom refuses. Um, if at that point they're like, "Nope, absolutely not," um, it is her right as she is an autonomous patient, and it's kind of one of those things where we're just going to have to deal with it. We're just going to have to deal with it. Um, whatever that that mother wants to do, that is her decision as an autonomous patient.
0: I just wanted to kind of get rid of the idea that. A C section is better for your body yeah. than a traditional vaginal delivery. But I also wanted to take away this idea of, well, you didn't give birth if you had a C section, because there's like some mom. Which number one, there's way too much mom shaming that. Oh goes my gosh! On. Yes, like, everything. And it, and it's like what's crazy is it goes in cycles. So like you can't win no matter what you do. No, you can't. Win. Like forever, it was like if you breastfeed. That's bad. You like you shouldn't breastfeed, and then it was like if you don't breastfeed, like you're the worst mother on the planet. And there's this big push like breast is best, and all these other things. And it's just like, no matter what you do as a mom, you can't win. And so it's like, Literally. oh, I'm gonna have a C-section because it'll be good for my pelvic floor, or I'm that whole idea of everything will stay tight down there because I have a C-section, which it's we have talked about in our MythBusters episode. Mm-hmm. Or this whole idea of, well, you're not a real woman because you didn't give birth vaginally. You had a C section. So just like women ever women can't win, moms can't win, and the amount of like the amount of things that women come in here and are told, like they tell me they get told during pregnancy, during early motherhood, during motherhood in general. It makes me so it sad. Astounds me.
1: Nobody has more opinions and more audacity to tell you those opinions than a mother. Like the things that that patients have said to me that other people have told to them or said to them or judged them for doing or something like that I'm just like it literally it only happens with mothers Mm -hmm. it is only it only happens with mothers and it's just like that is not your child they are not in grave danger
0: shut up like (laughs) leave it be we were in tj maxx (laughs) over the weekend doing some shopping (laughs) <laughs> I was looking for some home decor beautiful and there was a pregnant woman and this which is it it, it was fine but this older woman comes up to her and it's like how far along are you she like puts her hands on her belly is like touching her how far along are you when are you do like stroking this stranger's belly and this woman was like kind of obviously she was like oh huh yeah like she's like is this your first one and it like go away that's what I, and i'm i like you don't you can ask those questions which even then i kind of think is personal but like no other population do strangers touch more than pregnant women yes that's what blows my mind like, like just because there is a, i was just like that's her stomach like that is her personal yeah. space like just because there's a baby that's still her body we would never walk up to another stranger and just like Pet. I wouldn't even walk up to you and like no. pet your arm and we're really good friends and I would never just be like Rachel your hey, arm looks really pretty today really nice. I just, mean like, you can do that that's okay I'll take it as a compliment I'm no. also not like a super touchy person no, so, not it, at all. so like I see those things and it wigs me out I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't think twice, don't think twice about it. it no if that ever happens to me when I'm pregnant I don't care if I am
1: like the most visibly pregnant like know that is a baby in there not just a Chipotle burrito if somebody does that to me i'm just going to be like oh i'm not pregnant and make them feel real awkward oh make them feel real uncomfortable like, "Yep, you're just touching a random person's belly how weird do you feel now doesn't that feel weird (laughs) you're gonna think twice about this next time aren't you
0: oh man it was like in the middle of covid and these people i know had had a baby and the dad was holding it and you know old ladies just kiss babies like it like rsv covid it doesn't matter means nothing to them they will just kiss babies and he was holding the baby and she was like oh and like leans down to kiss it and he <laughs> the baby like over his head because he kept kind of like moving it and she was like bobbing and weaving with him and finally he just like kissed the kid. Your COVID <laughs> mouth away from my child. <laughs> That's, That's crazy. Hilarious. It's like all the rules go out the out w- the window. Oh my! I'm probably like when we if we ever decide to have a child i'm gonna be awful i'm I, gonna be like don't touch me don't look at me i will be like your personal bodyguard like i will come to the store with you and just
1: i'll just dress in all black <laughs> get sunglasses and i'll just stand there and i'll be like e- just anybody like, comes within five feet of you they're getting knocked to the ground
0: it just kind of horrified me and tj maxx for this poor pregnant ter- like, that's but terrifying. she took it so well i mean she was like Obviously, like wasn't loving it, but you could just tell she was used to it and was like, yeah, "Whatever." Just, can we not? Can oh we not? my gosh! And then my one of my cousins told me a story about some man coming and like feeling her pregnant belly, so and she was weird. just like, "Seriously, so weird." So, if you're not pregnant, don't touch Stop strangers' touching. bellies. Stop if touching people. Sister, <laughs> if it's your belly. Like when Rachel gets pregnant, I'm sure I'll be like, oh, talking to your baby all the time. I will ignore you completely. And I will only be talking to your belly when you get pregnant. <laughs> You'll be like, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> like, oh, hey. She's like, I wasn't talking to you. I was not talking to you. You're like, you're the size of an eggplant today. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. So no. Stop stop touching people. <laughs> so your PSA this week is stop, stop mom t- shaming.
1: please. Please.
0: Oh, uh, and it's like it's crazy that I mean, even we
1: have how much we have seen it, and we are not mothers. We are, I don't think either of us are anywhere close to having babies at this point. It's going to be at least another five years. If you haven't
0: seen us take a trip to Hawaii yet, we haven't made a baby. We are not trying to have a baby. So until you see my until Hawaii see trip Hawaii. All over my social media. Don't ask me for having a baby. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to let Carson know. Be like, listen, get her to Hawaii immediately. Then she'll have a baby. It'll be great. It'll be great. (laughs) Everybody
1: will be happy. Oh my
0: goodness. But. Yeah. That. I will say. And like. That's the other thing too. People are not like ashamed about asking is like asking women when they're going to have babies or like if they're trying to yes. get. And I'm like, "Do you do you know what you're asking?" Yeah. When you ask somebody when you ask that, that question, like, or "Are like you trying I, to have a baby?" Like, come on. Let's I, think about this. You I don't need to someone, know about my sex life. This was like a someone had asked me to speak at a like professional event. And this was not someone like I was friends with socially. This was like mm-hmm. someone I had met once or twice and they asked me if I was like trying to get pregnant and I was just like we're colleagues yeah this is not you don't know me well this is not like a social event no this is like that is not an appropriate question (laughs) so I just like if you're listening I just think we need to like really think about how we speak to women how we speak to mothers And if it's not like a like something someone brings up, you know, maybe like yeah. if someone doesn't ask you for advice about how to parent or how to have give birth or about their C-section delivery, if they don't ask your opinion, maybe let's stop giving it unsolicited. That's just, just a thought. That's just it. And, and if you don't have anything nice or positive to say to a new mom, just keep your mouth shut. Just keep your mouth shut. That's, that's my soapbox. Yeah. For the week. So, absolutely. So, anyways,
1: (sighs) our next couple episodes on. C sections, maybe one, maybe two, maybe 11. Um, We are just going to talk about kind of like the recovery process Um, now that we've kind of established okay, how many layers do we go through? What does that C section delivery look like? Why does it happen? Um, Looking at the recovery process from a C section, kind of what we do in physical therapy and things like that.
0: So it's going to be an exciting. Little series. We're hoping to cover early recovery and then progress it all the mm-hmm. way into late recovery because once again, anyone who has a C-section will see just how amazing the human body is. Yes. Anyone who gives birth—that's another episode. That's another episode I want to do is like just how amazing the human body, but specifically oh the female human body. Is. Go for hours, and I just want to talk about all the things I've that women do postpartum. So it's wild. Let me just add that to the list. All right, Rachel, do you have something that made your overactivity worse this week? Oh yes. Yes, I do. So
1: I was I found this story of it was like when the Wii first came out. Mm -hmm. Um however long ago it was. Feels like forever ago at this point. But there was this radio station that was holding a competition for a Wii. And the competition was called Hold Your Wee for a Wee. And so what they did was they had these contestants come in and they had to drink a bottle of water every like 15, 20 minutes. And whoever held their pee the longest would win the wee. And so they and fair warning, this story does not end well. This is a actual really tragic story, but it ended up being like hours, um, that these people, that it was like down to, uh, it was like down to two people. I think it was a man and a woman. Well, the woman, she got so distended that they were like on air, like on the radio station, like making jokes of like, oh my gosh, like you look pregnant. Like she was distended. And they actually had like nurses calling in and saying like, please stop Stop. doing this. Like this is dangerous and you're going to get somebody hurt or killed. Um, and so like the competition ended, the woman ended up leave it like going to the bathroom so she couldn't she couldn't handle it anymore she won i think concert tickets um or something like that but she actually ended up later dying of water poisoning yeah so you like you can't overhydrate yourself especially if you're not voiding it out you can overhydrate yourself it's it's literally called water poisoning and it's basically when you just like we need salts and electrolytes and everything like that in our blood and in our system. And when that is too diluted, it just changes the balance of everything in your system. And so that's why you see like marathon runners, like once they cross the finish line, they're drinking beer, they're drinking Gatorade. A lot of them are not drinking straight water um, because they're trying to replenish all of that. Um, but yeah. So this woman ended up later dying. Um, I think they sued the family, sued the radio station for like millions of dollars, um, especially because they had like gotten warnings and like people like medical professionals calling and telling them that, no, this is a terrible idea. Um, but that just thinking about holding your beaver that long, that's awful. And having water poison and like being so distended
0: oh, that you look pregnant. I can't believe her i didn't burst. I, yeah, that's what that's I thought you I was, were going to say.
1: I definitely thought I was going to. I was like this. I can feel my pelvic floor just shooting up into my throat thinking about this. Yikes. It sounded terrible.
0: What Yikes. made yours worse? Well, sweet Rachel got me some coffee this morning. And... I guess, like, I messed up the lid where it was off, but not enough that it was, like, spilling. And the entire time we were recording this episode, I've been dribbling coffee. Oh, no. Down. (laughs) So now I have to go. I I didn't even notice. Yeah, I have a full day of patience, and I've got, like, a significant amount of coffee dribbled down the front of my shirt. And it's all over my notebook, which, luckily, my notebook has really thick pages, so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't either. And I couldn't feel it because it's, like... like a thick shirt yeah that is so a yeah but you can sad so if you see me today you're like what happened i can't drink coffee kelly doesn't know how to drink coffee apparently No. no do you have a patient win i do and i thought about making this a whole episode but i had a patient who was a late goer she had a baby and she was like Can I wakeboard? And I was like, you were two seconds postpartum. (laughs) No, absolutely not. Do not recommend. Because if you've ever wakeboarded, it's a pretty intense, like the boat. It's a lot of core work. It's a lot of core. The boat is going like. 15 to 18 miles an hour. You've got to hold on. You've got to use your hips and and if you fall, it can be super super painful. So I was like I was like, "Why don't you surf or something instead? Like wake surf. Do you have to wakeboard?" Yeah. And she was like, "Well, I really want to at least once by the end of the summer." So we did quite a bit of core work, quite a bit of hip work, and I was like, "All right, but if you have any pain or if you're having pain leading up to it, do not get out on the wakeboard." So we worked for several weeks she wakeboarded, had a blast, no problems, no pain, did fantastic. She was more than two seconds postpartum. I was (laughs) exaggerating, but I was like, I don't know how comfortable I am with this. I was like, listen to your body. And she was like, I literally had a blast. She was like, I wasn't doing backflips or anything, but I had so much fun. And again, it's just like, it just goes to show mom's are incredible. The human Super body, the female humans. human body, is incredible. Having a baby does not ruin you. It doesn't, no. especially when you do the proper things to like get your body to bounce back. I talked last mm-hmm. week about a mom that ran a ten k. She's yep. going to be running a yep. half marathon, I think, in two months. So amazing. That's I just I just love watching my mom thrive. Just thrive they and are. just. Oh. And I think it's so good. I I want to find this study because. They've done several studies that they link the kids motor development to mom's activity level mm-hmm. both pre and postpartum. Mm-hmm. So it's good for it's good, it's good for your kids to see you moving your body yes. mamas. Yeah. So all of our mamas that do stuff like that like we are so proud of you. It's good for your kids. It's it's just awesome. I love that. I love that.
1: Okay, your okay. Patient one. My patient win, I have been seeing this patient for a while and really was only really seeing her because she had pain and discomfort along her C-section scar. Um, she had had, she just had one, um, but the pain would mainly bother her with like coughing or sneezing or like some of the really like heavy exertion. Um, she wasn't having a ton of other symptoms, wasn't having a ton of like urinary or bowel symptoms a little bit here and there, but she was like, no, like the main concern is just the pain, like she was feeling like she was having to brace, like kind of hold her stomach in almost, um, when she, when she coughed or sneezed. And so she was pretty restricted, um, through that scar tissue. And so we did a lot of, um, instrument assisted soft tissue mobilization. We did a lot of cupping along that C-section scar, um, and just really, really, really worked the crap out of it. Like I, my hands hurt after, (laughs) after Mm -hmm. working on her. Um, but she is doing, like, it literally only took a couple of visits and just getting that scar tissue moving again. She got independent with doing it herself at home, um, and got her some stretches and some exercises just to help open up that space. And she's doing phenomenal. Like literally I discharged her. She's doing fantastic. Does not need me anymore. Doesn't have any pain with coughing or sneezing or anything like that. Um, and so to our providers out there as well, um, Yes, still send them. Still send your patients to us, even if they did deliver via C-section. If they are having any complications or any discomfort along that scar
0: tissue, we can still help. Something I think is super cool, and this is a PSA win, we have more and more... OBG's providers around here that are actually having their patients tune in mm-hmm. to this podcast and that are spreading the word yep. about this podcast. So if you're one of those providers, thank you. Thank you so much. We, and and we've said it before. Any Most of our negative stories about medical providers, it's not in this it's area. It's not from here. We've got some a fantastic group of physicians in this area. I feel like we're very, very we're blessed. So lucky. They're very open to the conversation. Rachel and I have visited with a ton of them. Mm-hmm. We can go in their office. It's funny. A lot of the front desk ladies will just let us back yeah, and they know us. They're like, Oh, Hey girls, there was one doctor. I kind of stalked her. I like <laughs> knew what time she got in and I, I was early and someone was like, you can go wait in her office. And so like, I ambushed her and she's like, Oh yeah, that all sounds great. She's just very, she's very structured, very <laughs> orderly. She's like, that sounds great. Sounds fantastic. And she sends us patients now. And it's just like we've just got a lot of really good physicians who listen to their patients, who will help them get the care they need and who are really trying now that this information is out there Mm -hmm. to make sure that patients get the information. So thank you to our physicians. And I just thought that was really awesome. That's really awesome.
1: And if you are a patient of ours um, or just if you just are a pelvic floor patient in general, Go back to your provider and tell them your successes. Yes, tell them your wins. Tell them, you know, if you, you know, if you loved pelvic floor PT, tell that to your provider because a lot of states do not have direct access. There are a lot of states where you can't just pick up the phone and call a physical therapy clinic and say, "Hey, I want to come in." Uh, there's, there's, there's gatekeepers and those physicians, those referring physicians, those are your, those are our gatekeepers, and so if they, you know, send you off to pelvic floor PT and they don't hear anything from you about it ever again, they're probably not going to think much of it. But if you come back and you're like, oh my goodness, Callie and Rachel are the most brilliant pelvic floor PTs I've ever met in my life. They fixed me in 20 minutes or, you know, whatever it was, you know, don't exaggerate, tell them the truth. But giving them that feedback is going to help them recognize oh they did really well treating x y and z i need to look out for this more or this is something that i can send more patients for you know maybe this is going to be my first line of treatment my first line of intervention with these patients that have x y and z moving forward so it really does help us if you do go back to your physician if you have that next follow-up and tell them this is going amazing tell them specifically what you like what you don't like um again that's just going to help more people get that referral get their foot in the door
0: my goal before I die like my legacy is that no woman is ever again told by a medical professional it is normal to pee your pants or have pain or whatever because you've had kids because you're it's normal you're 80 years old it's normal for your bladder to fall out onto the floor whenever you cough and sneeze no no that is that if I can leave the earth with that accomplished I want to put poise out of
1: business that's fine (laughs) that's lofty goals
0: lofty goals (laughs) I really hope poise doesn't sue us (laughs) whatever I'm coming for (laughs) I've got Carson trained anytime we go to the store or like a commercial comes on he's like you know what else they could do instead of that (laughs) he's like oh they're making cute poise now you know what they could just go to therapy and i,
1: was like, I have you. literally <laughs> thought about like
0: just going into walmart and just putting like our psa our cards. cards and like our oh, business
1: cards next to the
0: do that. <laughs> that's a really good idea we should do that
1: so if you find our business cards in some of the shelves at walmart just don't think anything about
0: it i've thought about putting them in the bathroom like at Ballas. like yes. if your coffee went straight through you <laughs> If you had to run here, if we were, I was sitting in the airport
1: once and I was with my family and I saw somebody run, and I mean sprint to the bathroom. And like my family all looked at me, they were like, mm, she's got a pelvic floor dysfunction. I was like, I have trained you so well. Yes. Thank you. I love it. Thank I you. I love it.
0: All right, guys. We will see you guys next week to continue with this C section. Yes. We're hoping to cover that early recovery period next period. So everything Rachel was talking about, if that was interesting to you, her patient win, you were like, tell me a little hey, wait more a about that next week. Next week. All right. See you guys later. Bye. Bye.